the Lord speaks through stories, does he not? The scriptures, what are they at the core? They're the story of God in people's lives. People like you and I who are just like us and struggle with the same things. I got uh, just one more encouragement. I got, I got an email this week from the West Coast of someone who's been listening and was just blown away and encouraged uh, as people have shared the story. So for those who have uh, shared stories so far, thank you for ministering to our body and just an encouragement that literally that, that blessing has gone to the West Coast, which is pretty cool. Isn't that cool? Let's thank God together. Let's God. Yeah. <clears throat> So uh, just a couple other notes, just as we listen, really, uh, I want you to hear Phil's story. I want you to get to know Phil better. I want you to leave this place feeling like, you know what, I've got a friend uh, that I didn't have before if you didn't know Phil. If you didn't know Phil before, I pray that you would know him better. Most of all, what I'm asking um, is that you would hear God, uh, God's story through Phil. So what we're listening for is how God has worked in our brother and and in his life. And uh, you have a story too. And, and you might not think it's important. It is. So if you would have that inclination or that lie that the enemy would speak to you, that your story is nothing special, I bind that and cast that off in the name of Jesus. Your story has the power to change someone's life. So share it and look for opportunities to share it. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. One, one of the... Uh, I mean this, real joys in the last couple months for me has been getting to know you, Phil, and hearing your story, and um, I really thank you. You you were the first person I asked uh, to share a story, and I knew by your reaction that you'd have to think about it, and that's fine. Um, But here you sit, and I I praise God for it, and I I thank you. So um, first of all, just thank you. Thanks for being vulnerable and, and sharing your story with us. And uh, can you tell us just a little bit as, as we kick this time off, can you tell us where you're from, what, what your childhood was like a little bit, and uh, yeah, a little bit about your childhood. Okay. Um, I was born in Philadelphia, um, and uh, my uh, earliest recollections of, of my life were being in the church. Um, <clears throat> My mother and father and my extended family were big into church, and it, it was a difference for me because, uh, as you could tell, black churches are a little bit different <laughs> uh, than what, what I, you know than maybe other traditional services may be. So it was a little bit more, a little louder. Uh, the praising was a little more fervent, <laughs> um, but it was what I knew. Um, all the faces were what I knew. Um, and it's the way we worshipped. So as a young as a young man, as a little boy, uh, it was nothing for me after the service to stand in the front chair, and I would do my own sermon um, <laughs> after the sermon. So I this is all I knew Sunday morning and and, and every Sunday, and we just we, we worshipped and praised that way. And it was a it was an interesting way to grow up, but I was being steadily fed the gospel of Jesus Christ and. Um, it, it, it really was getting binded deep in my heart at a very young age. Can you tell us about um, one thing that you shared with me that um, impacted your life was your, your mother's decision uh, to send you to, to a, a school at a, at a church that wasn't in the city. Right. Can, can you tell us about that? Yeah, uh, that was a transitional moment in my life. So, 
at a very young age, my mother, because the city wasn't a really great environment, she felt, um, she decided, along with my father, that in order to have a better education and a better life, we would leave Mount Airy, living there. We were still living there, but we would move and go to a small um, private Christian school in the suburbs, is what I called them, because it wasn't a city anymore. Um, so it was very tough because there, our morning started very early. Um, so we were coming from Philadelphia, getting dropped off very early in Lansdale to then wait for school to start. So our days were long. And then my father and my mother, or my mother would pick us up and we go back to the city, sometimes not getting home till about seven o'clock or so, until we finally transitioned to moving up also to the suburbs where we didn't have to do that long commute anymore. Um, but that was a big transition for me to come into a Christian school because as you could imagine, at that time in my life, all the faces I knew looked like me. And coming to the Christian school, I was dropped in a situation where nobody looked like me. Um, so it was very tough for me. Uh, the school was amazing. They did teach the gospel. We had, that was my church, my school. So Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday evening, and in my classes, we were getting taught the Bible. So it was, it was being taught and being embedded deep in my heart, so that's for sure. But the overwhelming theme, as I told DJ, was it was pretty tough for me because, again, while I was in a Christian school, unfortunately, there was one blaring difference, and it was me and my sister who didn't look the same as everybody. Um, so it made it hard because I'm trying to balance being in a Christian school, being the only two black children there, and then when I would go back to the city, my education got better and everything got better. And my friends in the city then wouldn't accept me either because they would say, you sound like a white boy. And so that was hard for me. So there I wasn't accepted either. So, you know, it was a tough spot for me. And I wasn't really happy that my mother had decided to make that decision. Um, but this is where we are. And she said to this day, she would never change that decision. She would do it again. And she was right. I mean, because it, it taught me so many different things. And it, and it was a better opportunity. And who knows what I would have ended up if I would have been in the city. So um, that grown up in two worlds. One thing that, that um, I've heard from your story as, as you've shared it is, is that consistently, like, I don't really belong here. I don't really belong there. And, and that place of um, isolation or loneliness uh, that you experience um, in that, can you tell us a little bit about what that was like at school and, and at church? Um, well, <clears throat> the, it, it, was, it was amazing because um, I felt like God had given me many gifts. So while I was struggling with my identity and trying to figure out where I belong because I was so different from everyone else. And sometimes you'd hear those things just around the corner about you that you didn't want to hear. Some things that in school maybe weren't very nice things, things that maybe they might have heard their parents say. And it was hurtful. So um, 
I did my best to really try to blend in. I mean, I played sports and I was able to do that effectively. Um, I, I was in plays and I sang in front of the church often. Um, but it was still tough because I just didn't necessarily feel like I still was one of those people. I mean, I remember an example, you know, you're still that kid, so we play, uh, even say, flag football. And uh, just something simple as this, but it was funny because they take the flag football off and they take it and they stick it to the back of your head because it's Velcro and it sticks. Now that sounds funny. I get it. But, but after a while, it got a little tired. You're like, okay, I get it. Yeah. In my hair, I get it to Velcro. I get it. So, you know, and it affected my sister as well, um, where you don't have the identity of what is beautiful because you didn't necessarily feel beautiful because your hair wasn't the same as everybody. I'm rocking my little afro thinking I'm doing the best I can, but it wasn't like everyone else. So it, did, it, it was tough, and I, and I did get accepted, but I also found myself getting in some scuffles because I wasn't taking anything anybody had to say that was of a racist nature. I was quick to jump up and have something to say about it. <laughs> sure. So um, there's one... And I only want you to share this if you're if you're comfortable with it this morning. There, there was one experience uh, in particular um, that was really really difficult and um, showed just how much you didn't belong in some people's minds. And, and it took place in church. Um, can you share a little bit about what that was like? Yeah. So th- this I wasn't sure if I was going to share it or not, but I think it's important to to my story because it was something that changed me. So in my school, as I got older and I kept progressing, um, you're still trying to fight for this identity and still trying to fight for this acceptance. And um, I just assumed I was in a Christian school in a Christian environment that I'd be shown that love because they're Christians. And one day, this is going to sound funny, but I had a young lady transferred to our school. And I didn't get to go to many banquets and different things like that because you'd ask a girl and Somehow, her, somehow it wouldn't work out. The father or somebody, well, oh, no, we don't really do that. Um, so a young lady came to the school, and she decided, for whatever reason, for, she, was, she accepted me for exactly who I was. And I wasn't different to her. And we started to, you know, really like one another. So at our church, it was a very large church, and um, I was sitting in the balcony, and I asked her to come and sit with me. That was something that was very important for a young man to be like, God, man, this young lady likes me. Somebody finally likes me, and I'm going to sit up in the balcony and worship, worship. And um, halfway through the service, we're just sitting there, just being involved in the service. And unfortunately, I hear a voice, or I see a hand reach towards me, and it was her father. And uh, he pulled us out of the service, and he said, We'll stand here till you're done. And then went downstairs after the service was over, and he said to my mother, this, this isn't going to happen. My daughter's too young to date. That's not what it was. He didn't want me with his daughter, um, obviously because I was different. That was not something he was ready to accept. And that switched some things for me. Um, and my life turned a little bit to anger, because I felt like in the one place I think I would find love, I didn't find it, and it was taken from me. So that was a pretty big moment in my life. 
so at, at that point, um, things kind of not went downhill. I mean, you're still a great guy, young man, passionate, but but things got really hard at school as as well. And you ended up eventually transferring, correct? Yeah. I did. It 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 um it shifted something for me. Um, and the crazy part about it is, as I was thinking about this and list, and just you think about your testimony and the things you've gone through. Um, the devil's real, and um, it was the perfect opportunity for him to whisper in my ear and say, they don't love you. They don't care about you. I can show you something, and I can show you where people will accept you. They'll love you just the way you are. Come on. Come on. Just follow me. I'll make it okay. And I started to listen to that narrative, and at that time, I was a little immature, and the mistake that I made and what I know now is I took my eyes off Jesus. It wasn't about the people. I took my eyes off Jesus. He saw me the way I wanted to be seen. Not people, but it shifted something in me and my anger took over as a young man. And that's when I started to say, I'm gonna get as far away from this church, from these people. And I started pulling away a little by little. And after a while, I was able to find my way out of the school and the, um, and the church to be able to start my own path. And, and, and I did, I went to a public school for about two years. So what was, um, yeah, what was the end of high school for, for you and, and kind of early adulthood? And um, can you tell us a little bit about what that was like? Uh, the funny part is I had my old extraction planned out. Um, but, but God has a plan and, um, you know, the more you try to run, which it's amazing. And you, you can't run from God. You know, it doesn't matter how far. When God puts a calling on your life, he's going to get his praise. And um, But what I was thinking, my transition my plan was to go to a school that was more diverse. Unfortunately, it was out of my district. So I ended up going to another high school where I was once again the only black kid in my senior, in my class again. So I was right back in there. You know, and there's a theme that keeps going with this. I'm like, well, okay, God, this is where you want me. This is where I'm going to be. And I had some people there who, you know, my football coach, and he said, Phil, I, I know this is going to be tough for you, but are you strong enough to stick this out? Because they need you here in this school. This is needed. And we need this diversity. We don't have it. And can you stick in? And I said, are, are, you, are you willing and are you strong enough? And I did. Um, so I graduated and I kind of moved on from there, but I still had it in my heart where I was going to continue to do what Philip wanted to do. And I decided that I'm still, I said, you know, I've been hurt enough. I'm going to continue to do things my way and follow my own path for a while. And I, you know, I was asked a question one time, you know, did you get away from God? And I, you know, I, I tried to get away from God, but God never got away from me. So... There was uh, a season of your life in that, trying to get away from God, and the way you explained it to me, which I thought was really good, that, that um, you're just constantly being tempted by things that glitter and, and things that shine um, on the surface, but underneath, it's not there. Yeah, it's, it's amazing when you, when, you, when you are trying to get away from God, and, and, and here's the crazy thing about it is, you know, sin and, and, and those things that glitter, they're pretty. It's not as though the devil puts them out in front of you and says, hey, I take this. Ugh. No, it's pretty and it's tempting and it's, it, it makes you want to, to go in that direction. And so 
um, I was. I was chasing things and putting my time into things and energy into things that weren't of God. And um, I went on living that way. And, you know, being a father, I, I've learned <clears throat> that it's, it's kind of, it's one of those things where as a father or as a parent, God must look at us and say, okay, son, I'm going to give you this latitude to do what it is you want to do. And I felt like I was the prodigal son for quite some time because when you're different on the inside and you've been changed, it's hard to pretend to be something different. It's so, so hard. Mm-hmm. You can put on different masks and you can different, different, put on different personas, but God's light is going to shine through somewhere, somehow. And it did for me. So I couldn't hide it, even in situations where I thought that I was blending in to, wor- to the world and worldly things. It's different when you know better and you have that you're not the same inside. And so nothing seemed to be quite right when I wasn't living for the Lord like I should have been. Mm-hmm. You, you had mentioned to me before that when you were running with some some guys that they even made comments about that, like just about you being different, even though you're trying to do everything you could to be the same. Yeah, You know, it's, it's just it was crazy for me because in a lot of different ways, as I'm trying to run in these packs and. You know, on the outside, I might look like I'm them, but I, I've had older gentlemen tell me or, or people who saw me and they're like, hey, man, little brother, what are you doing? You know, you that's not you. We can tell that's not you. Um, you're different. And, and, and I just was trying to go on with this mask of, yeah, I was hurt by that. And so I'm just going to continue to do my thing and um, and just take my own path and continue to chart my own course. But people can see when you when when God has put a calling on your life, good luck trying to hide it. Yeah. You mentioned that um, that you're a father. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your family? Yes, I, I have two kids. Um, my daughter is uh, 24, and my son is 20. Um, and a lot of my a lot of me coming back and, and getting my life back together and and living a life that's a little more pleasing. Um, being a parent, when I think about being a father, I think about our Heavenly Father a lot, and I think to myself, you know, when I'm talking about my son and my daughter, and they're off doing their own thing, and all I want to do is say, you know, because I love them so much, you know, and the greatest joy of my life is being a father, <clears throat> is just come, come, come closer to me. Be with me. Don't, there's nothing, there's no time that I feel better that when you, you're close to me, and I'm, and I'm I'm just, you're all up in my business, but I love you guys. And I know that God was calling me saying, son, what are you doing? Come close to me. I love you. Why are you running from me? Because you can't anyway. But I love you. Come back. Come close to me. I want to love you. And so those, those, being a father started changing my heart a little bit again and teaching me lessons um, that I needed to learn, uh, which was important. So your, your journey back to the Lord, kind of not that, I mean, like you said, God never left you, but your journey back into walking in fellowship with him, what, what, what was that like? What, what started to like stir that within you? What, what were the steps, you know what I mean, that the Lord called you to take in, in coming back home? Well, at a point in my life, I was just, you know, nothing was fulfilling, and, and I just, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a good guy, but I'm just not living and walking in the way that I should, and I'm not living a life that's really pleasing to my Savior. So um, 
I was telling DJ I had a moment where sometimes I felt like Jonah because I felt like I was going to do my thing and I was going to take my own path. But God grabbed me up and um, he picked me up and he gave me a little time out just to be like, hey, I've given you long enough. You, you, you got to start serving me and using your talents because you've not been using your talents wisely. You've not been, you've not been using the gifts that I've been giving you. And so some things were taken away from me, and, and I lost friends and, and things of that nature. But, it, but just like a father, <clears throat> he doesn't rebuke you or doesn't, doesn't, he's not angry with you, and he leaves you in that place. He brought, me back, he brought me back to start looking at him and to keep my eyes on him again. Um, and slowly but surely, he started restoring me. Um, I, started, I started working with youth ministry um, I started doing mission trips and, and traveling and doing those things. But the last thing that was missing, unfortunately, for my life was I wasn't attending church regularly. And the, the wild part about it is my, I have a co-worker who lives in this development. And um, I was coming to her house one day, and I looked up at this church, and I said, eh, that looks like a nice little church. I don't even know why it's speaking to me, but it really is. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, and I left it alone. And... Um, as I started to seek God's face more and more, I was talking to a client, and she's a, a Christian as well, and she says, Phil, why don't you go to Parkerford Church? It's right there. You've talked about it before. Just go. And I said, I, I, I'll take a visit. I'm a little nervous. Um, but I walked in this door, and it's where God has wanted me to be. I feel that. And, um, and that's where we're at now. <laughs> Praise God. Um, so early on, when you were first attending here, um, Pastor Tim asked you a question. <laughs> and, and it seems like this question, you've been through like a whole series of like processings about like this question. Can you tell us what that question was and, and just this story? <laughs> we were at a function and I wish Tim was here. Uh, and, 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 you know, I think the world of him, he's, I love hearing him share the gospel, but it was, we were at a, at a Jay's house. As a matter of fact, and he sits with me, and we're just two, it's two of us, and he goes, so, uh, Phil, um, so would it just get away from God for a little bit, or, and I was like, now you'd have thought this man threw a punch at me, because I, I bowed, I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, who are you talking, wait a minute, I, I don't, wait a minute, wait, uh, let's not get that personal, and initially, I just wanted to hide, and I went home, and I, and I shared what I wanted to share, and I went home, and I said, Phil, why did you do that? He didn't, he didn't throw a punch at you. He just asked you, what was your story? And he wanted to know. But the first thing I wanted to do was get self-righteous and, and hide. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to do that again because my story is important. And I don't want to be the kind of Christian that makes it up here and, make, and makes believe that I've not fallen many times. Uh, my God is a God of second chances and third chances, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and he allows me to stumble but get back up, and he, he'll, he'll just embrace me and, and, and just keep blessing me. And he's blessed me so much that I couldn't even sit here and tell you all of it. But I, I was telling DJ, I said, you know, sitting here listening to these stories, it, it blessed me because I know that I'm with people who've been through battles. They're battle-tested, 
and they're, they've been through things in their lives and they're not just trying to tell a part of it. But if my story can be powerful or even, even helpful, then it's all worth it. And I don't want to hide. And in this series, what it's made me do now is I'm behind my chair cutting hair, telling my story. And if that's not enough, I'm like, I just told you my testimony. I know you didn't ask. <laughs> but you get that with your blow dry. So, <laughs> so it's, been, it's, been, it's been very neat for me to walk that out. Can you, yeah, that is so cool. I, can you tell us more about how the Lord's been... Um, Tell us about your vocation. I'm not sure everyone knows what you do. And, and can you tell us how God's been using your vocation in people's lives? Well, I, I'm a hairdresser, so I, I've been in my salon for about 18 years. Um, so I'm behind the chair, and behind the chair, that's my area. So when I'm behind, that's my comfort zone, and I'm, you're very close up and intimate with people in that spot, but that's where I'm comfortable. So this series, and I have to say that DJ has been uh, – pulling me into some things that that make me grow and I'm like yeah but what he did say and I listened to was like tell your story and I find that now the more that I'm behind my chair I'm talking about what I'm learning and what I'm experiencing here at church and I'm passing that along to my clients and so they're seeing a difference in me they're seeing me be more verbal about my faith and I'm not trying to hide and I'm telling you this is who I am and I'm not perfect but I'm trying to live a life that's pleasing. I want to be different. And so it, it's given me a chance to, 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 to just speak to that with my clients. And so I'm finding more and more Christians saying, Phil, I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy to see that you're growing. And it's great. And I'm glad you're telling your story. So it's been neat. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, t- tell us a little bit about just what you like to do. Like what, what's your, what are some hobbies? What, you know what I mean? When, yes. you're, when you're happy. When you're hanging out, what are you doing? Uh, it, uh, when, I'm, when I'm most happy is when I have my family around me, to be honest with you. When I'm just up and close and personal with my family. Um, I do a little fishing. I, I wouldn't call myself a great fisherman, but I do that in my off time just to sit and just be still and reflect that way as well. Um, but most of my time, just spending time with my kids. And used to be, you know, I'd spend a ton of time in the gym, but that's, again, it's... I got away from that as much because I'm like, yeah, I'm getting too old for that stuff now. So <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get into something a little more old guyish and say fishing and sitting on a bucket. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of where I do my, with my free time. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell, us, tell us what God's teaching you right now. Um, you shared a little bit about just sharing your story, but... Um, from his word, from his spirit, what, what's God teaching you about himself right now? Well, through this, this series and, and, and through my, through my uh, kind of my, my walk and trying to just be more pleasing, it, it was something that came back to me and I, it's been talked about over and over again, but it's a story of the, of the talents where the, the, the rich man gave a man talents and um, that some of the men take their talents and they doubled them. And one man took his talents and he just took them and he buried them in the dirt. And I felt like that's what I was doing and, and, and I wanted to be a little bit different because I said, I've got these talents that God has given me and, and I'm hiding them and I'm not growing them. 
So I've decided need to start saying yes and stop trying to hide behind um, what's comfortable all the time. But my major uh, want is when the master comes back and says, what have you done with your talents? And I can say, I've not been faithful over everything, but I've been faithful over a few things because I would love to hear my Savior say, well done, mm -hmm. well done. Mm -hmm. You've done well, my good and faithful servant, and that's what I want my life to be. Um, I want to keep my eyes on Jesus and understand that that's where my focus needs to be because when I look away, I start sinking in the water. And that's what I've learned going through this and walking through this time. That's so good. So um, if you want to say, speak to this or not, but I want to give you the opportunity. Um, you're back in a primarily white church. And I look around the body, and there's not many people that look like you. Um, and obviously, it's no secret that we as a culture have just so sinned against the image of God in our treatment uh, of one another and people that look differently than us. And obviously, um, there's a history of injustice in our land and in our culture. Um, is there anything that you feel um, like you'd like to share uh, with us? about what it's like to be you um, in, in this setting and uh, any, anything prophetically or otherwise that you'd, you'd like to share with us? Well, it, it's, again, so I was telling DJ, sometimes it feels a little ironic that what I felt like I was trying to run away from and get away from, I find myself right back down, smack down in the middle of again. Um, but God has a plan. And, and what, I've, what I do want everybody to know is that you know yes there's a, obviously there's a difference um, but when I walked into this body of Christ um, I felt welcomed in immediately because I was very nervous um, I wasn't sure what I was walking into um, but one of the first things I that I remember is Jay coming up to me and hugging me and I was like, wow, <laughs> this guy doesn't even know me, you know. But what I'm here for, there is a reason, and God has put me and brought me here for a reason so that we understand that we are a body of Christ. And I, I may look a little different, but we are, we are the same. And I'm so happy to have a, a body of Christ that, are battle-tested, and I know they have testimonies. And if I can bring that to this body of Christ, I'm more than happy to do it. Um, I've, I've, I've grown so much from the day that I walked into this church. Um, and and I, I knew I was here for a reason. I knew I wasn't supposed to leave and walk out this door. Um, and now I've got a pastor that I can truly call my friend. And that's huge to me, so. I appreciate so much um, you being willing to, to talk about that with us. Um, I've said this to you, and, and I hope it's okay if I, if I share it now, that 
um, when I when I think about Phil, um, to me he's just like a a double blessing for our body, because if he's if he's just Phil, just just who he is like is a blessing to to our body, um, but also uh, to look differently than our body and be willing to be a part of it and help us see a different part of God, um, a different a different piece of the Lord's image in you. Um, that's a huge gift. That's a huge yeah. gift. So I, I thank you for that. And, um, <clears throat> well, I've never been in your situation. I, I have been a minority uh, overseas, and it's not easy. Um, and and you know that you stand out and, and look different. So, anyways, um, I don't want to say too much one way or the other other than just I thank God for you. And, uh, obviously, continue to pray together with you that the Lord would heal us um, and our sin and forgive us um, for that. So, Thank you. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with us this morning? Any, anything, man. Anything that the Lord put on your heart that, that you feel like uh, you'd like to give to us? Uh, I guess my last thing that I would say is, uh, you know, I, <clears throat> I was telling Damien this morning, I said that this, these, seri- these series and testimonies have meant everything to me. Um, and that people were able to stand up and, and be vulnerable um, in front of us. I, I love, any, more than anything, I love stories of redemption. I love it. I mean, just somebody going through a time and maybe on their hands and knees and they look up and they were able to get back up, get back in line and reclaim their life is amazing to me. I love redemption stories because I, I tell you, there's nothing like sitting down and eating with a person who's been hungry before. Yeah. It's different than being with somebody that everything's going right, but being with somebody who's hungry and thirsty and has been through something like that, those are the people I want to be around. I love those stories. So um, I'm so thankful for this series and this opportunity. Going forward, um, how how can people who who hear this story and maybe have felt nervous about talking to you or um, just not knowing how, you know, how how could someone become your friend if they wanted to? Well, <laughs> most times if you just make me smile, you'll know I'm not that tough. <laughs> so once you get that, I said, yeah, once that's over, but. Um, that's another thing that's been funny to me is like I was telling DJ, I, <clears throat> I've been in grocery stores and I've had, and I tell my mother stuff all the time. I said, mom, you're not going to believe this. I had this little white lady come up to me and she was just dying to touch my hair. So I had to let her do it. <laughs> I, and by the next thing I know, she's hugging me and I'm getting orange juice off the shelf for her. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> But I, you know, I, I, I can be I, I can be a little quiet. But you know, I, I, I'm I, I'm more than comfortable and, and and happy to to get to know as many friends as I can. And I'm happy for the ones I've made. And if I'm a little quiet, I apologize. I, you know, sometimes I get a little nervous. But for the most part, I'm pretty outgoing. So it's not hard. Just get me smiling and laughing. I'm good to go. <laughs> That's awesome, Josh. Um, is the, the elder this morning that, that's going to uh, share reflections with us. And uh, one last thing, just to give everyone a heads up. Um, you, throughout your life, you've sung, and that's been a meaningful thing for you. And a while back, I asked you to think about 
singing. And, and, uh, and you thought about it. And, and uh, this morning, the, the plan is that you're going to join me uh, up there and help lead the body in worship when, when we sing and when we have communion. Is there anything about that process you'd like to share? <laughs> Uh, there's a, there was a lot going on at once there, so I was a little nervous when it comes to that. I mean, somehow there was a uh, there was a, a birdie that got out that I um, did a little bit of singing, and I was like, he's like, Phil, uh, so you think you might want to get up and worship with? I was like, uh, you're asking a lot, and he hit, <laughs> it hits me with it. Just pray on it. So here I am, <laughs> and so I, I, I got to stop hiding. So. <laughs> Man, I appreciate you so much. I know the body does too. Your gift. Thank God for you. Um, and uh, I just really appreciate you uh, sharing your story with us this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Yeah. Joshua, you uh, reflect. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, thanks, man. I uh, really appreciate that. Um, just hearing your story, um, like you had said, like stories of redemption, but um, even even more like just the stories of God walking, you know? And I think it's very clear that you have spent a lot of time with the Lord that you can actually look back and see those tough moments and how God was present and walking you through. Um, I just think about like that theme in your life that you're experiencing, right? Where it's like, God, like no matter how hard you tried to get yourself in a, like an environment where you felt like you belonged, God continued to like just put you in places where you're like really challenged to like depend on him. Um, and so the passage that came to mind, um, is from First Corinthians 7, and it says, Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. Was anyone at the time of his call already circumcised? Let him not seek to remove the marks of circumcision. Was anyone at the time of his call uncircumcised? Let him not seek circumcision. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but keeping the commandments of God. Each one should remain in the condition in which he was called. Were you a bondservant when called? Do not be concerned about it. But if you, if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself to the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a freed man of the Lord. Likewise, he who is free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called, there let him remain with God. Um, and I just, I hear that, you know, like you have just like walked with God in many ways. And like, sure, there were moments, you know, where you're like, yeah, I wasn't quite there, but he was. Um, and just consistently that theme of like, no, like I made you the way I made you and where you are, I will be there with you and call you into that. And, um, the other piece that I had was, um, just like how you've walked out that, uh, experience of, um, trying to, that we all wrestle with it. Are we going to let our circumstances and our environment define us? Or are we going to bring what God has called us to, to whatever circumstance we're in? And um, I, I think that's been like an honest struggle 
of, that you share with us that we can all identify with. That when we're in those environments, like what is it? Are we gonna let that circumstance and that environment define who we are and determine how, how I'm gonna reveal who God has called me to be? Or am I gonna be who God has called me to be because he's called me to be that because he's asking me to influence or help define my circumstances? Um, and so it's just really cool to hear that testimony in you and how like you've matured in that understanding of God. And so as encouragement for you, um, I just give you this verse. It says, uh, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. And that verse for you. And then um, for the body, um, this morning, Ephesians 2, and it says, And he, Jesus, came and preached peace to you who are far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Um, just thinking about the fact that like, no matter who we are, no matter what our testimony is, like when it comes to God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, we are all in him. We're adopted as sons and daughters, and that makes us a part of family. And that each one of us is unique. Each one of us, although there may be similarities that we can see or similarities in how we experience life, there's a uniqueness to each one of us. And that uniqueness doesn't go away but it stands strong and it reveals how much we are a part of the full image of who God is and his creativity, his uniqueness. And so like, I think if you've ever been in a multicultural experience, you actually find in many ways that it, there may be struggles, but there's also huge blessing to be able to just be close with others. And um, I think one of the, and as we transition into, um, well, let me pray, and then we'll transition in communion. Yeah, so. Yeah. So if we can, let's uh, I'll pray for Phil and for our body. And if you would, feel free to extend a hand out to Phil as well. Father God, we thank you for our brother. And we thank you for his testimony this morning. Um, God, that he would have the courage to share with us this morning and to walk out how you have journeyed in life with him. I just love how he called you father. <laughs> and he's like, like a good father. You know, he didn't like rebuke me, but he just loved me and waited for me. And um, father, that is such a beautiful picture of how you love your children. And so we thank you for that testimony. We thank you for that confession of relationship and faith. And God, as he grows in his courage and he grows in the confidence and the call that you have put upon him, Lord, may he see his clients blessed. May you bless you know, him as in his work, Lord, that it is not just a job but this is a place where you have called him and you have given him authority and so we just release that in him and we just uh, pray over him and bless him in his conversations with others lord that he would continue 
continue the awesome work of sharing his testimony, that he would experience the blessing and the authority that comes in testifying to a living God. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thanks.